five or six, maybe seven different segments of his interview on the subject of revival. And uh, they've been a tremendous help to me, and I want to share them with you, uh, things that I think will help us as we go to the Lord in prayer for the things that we're asking him for, uh, about reviving our hearts and getting us back to where we need to be and getting God on the throne of our lives and allowing His power to work in us and through us. And so we'll share that here in just a few moments. Uh, let's uh, try to be as brief as we can. We want to do justice to our, our prayer time, but um, if you can, just give our uh, requests fairly briefly, if you will, so we have time to pray. And I know Brother Jim uh, Beezer, I was talking to him just before the service, and um, I need to look up the name he asked me to pray for, but a f- young fellow that was a friend of his son, Brian Duncan, uh, was on a, in a four-wheeler accident, I guess, on, must have been Monday during Fourth of July celebration. And nobody, and, uh, he ended up dying on the four-wheeler accident. Nobody found him, I think, until either yesterday or this morning. Uh, but he leaves behind a young family and a couple of kids. And so if you can pre- please pray for the family of Brian Duncan, uh, and keep him in prayer. I told Brother, Bill, uh, Brother Jim we'd pray for him. Also, Miss Sandy said she got to go by and see Miss Jean Whitener. And uh, so pray for her, but glad that they finally are able to have visitors again. And so if any of you would like to go visit her, I'm sure she would be thrilled to have somebody come and uh, from the church and sit with her for a little bit and pray with her and uh, spend some time talking with her. And uh, if nothing else, gossip with her or something. I mean, she'll probably enjoy it. Uh, but uh, glad that they're able to get back in there. I'm going to try to get in there this week to see her. And uh, good to hear that they're letting folks back in again. Pray for My Place Residential. They're uh, concerned about this new rash of COVID, and so there's a possibility they may be kind of shutting things down again. Pray that doesn't happen. Uh, we just got them coming back to church, and I like to keep them coming if they can. And so pray for that. Pray for Brother Everett Scheffler. Uh, Miss Florence has been very concerned about him. He's very, uh, they weighed him the other day. He weighs 110 pounds, and so he's really frail. And so please uh, keep him in prayer, if you will. Also, uh, Brother Ron Beckett, uh, who's uh, still in uh, rehab there at Festus Manor. And pray that God will uh, give him grace during this time. He's asked them not to take him back to the hospital. So whatever the Lord does at this point, uh, he's, he's ready to go if the Lord calls him home. Or if God will uh, give him some more time, that's fine too with him. In, uh, but uh, do be in prayer for him and the family. And uh, then also for Carol Dow, who's still in rehab and has about uh, four and a half weeks left at least minimum and maybe longer depending on how well she does with the rehab. So continue to pray for her. She's over at Crystal Oaks. And uh, so keep them in prayer if you will. And uh, I think those are all the ones that I have for right now. And I'll probably think of one here in a minute that I probably was supposed to mention. So, all right. Anybody else have a prayer request or an answer to prayer, something you're thankful for? Ms. Kim? Amen. 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 Okay. Okay. 
Okay. All right. Sure. Okay. Okay, I did remember. Continue to pray for Brother Keith. Uh, he did something to his rib a few weeks ago, and he's in a lot of pain with that. He's not sure what what's the problem is still there, but uh, he injured it when he was younger, and it did something to it a few weeks ago, and it's just giving him fits. Uh, he's in an awful lot of pain. Uh, also, I mentioned uh, a friend of mine Sunday, Daryl Domage, who is an elderly gentleman here in town. That uh, uh, several about two months ago. Uh, out here on a highway he was in an accident and rolled the car and uh, he was in pretty serious condition there for a while but uh, he has to go in had to go in I think it was this week I, when I talked to him last week I thought he said it was this week it was hard to understand uh, to drain some fluid off of his brain and they were going to put a permanent shunt in there to help drain it and so pray if you can think of him his name's Daryl Dalmage D-O-L-M-A-G-E Daryl Dalmage he is a Christian he's given a good Testimony of being saved, and uh, when I told him our church was praying for him, he was he teared up and was very grateful for that. And so, uh, keep him in prayer, if you will. Okay. All right. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I meant to give him a call earlier this week, and I forgot about it, so I'm glad you reminded me. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. All right, so pray for Billy and getting his driver's license and for salvation, okay? All right, Miss Katrina. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And it was Cindy, you said? Cindy. Okay. So pray for this one. Uh, a lot of, lot of cancer going on. Pray for Pammy. I know we haven't mentioned her in church a whole lot, but... Uh, Joanne's sister that comes uh, a few weeks ago on it was a week ago last week last Wednesday uh, we got out a few minutes early and uh, they texted me later and said Pastor I'm so glad we got out a few minutes early because Pammy ended up having a seizure that night and this week she's had a lot of difficulty in recovering from that and so uh, if you can keep her in prayer uh, she's she was real lethargic today I know and uh, didn't want to get out of bed and, and some things like that so keep her in prayer if you will um, for her health, uh, that the Lord will give grace to Miss uh, Joanne and Katrina as they work with her and deal with her and care for her. And so, if you will, keep them in prayer also. 
All right, anything else? Ms. Kim? Okay. 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 Amen. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Right. Okay. So pray for this one. Also pray for our pray for our vacation Bible schools coming up um, next Sunday. Uh, we'll have some uh, invitation cards. If you have some friends, family, uh, neighbors that would like to come, uh, you can pass those out. Also, you can text people that you know and invite them. Uh, but we will be working pretty much from Monday on next week. Uh, vacation Bible School, did I say this Monday? It's a week from this Monday. So we'll be working Monday through probably the next Saturday getting decorations in and getting everything set up and all the things that we need to have set up and ready for that. And then VBS starts 9 o'clock a week from this coming Monday. So uh, looking forward to it, very excited about it. And um, I pray that God will use it this year and that we have a really good uh, group of attendants. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. I, I didn't hear that last part. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Yeah, and she was very attached to it. So, yeah, pray for her for doing this time. Okay. I know that seems like a small thing, but, well, we get attached to pets, don't we? And I believe God still can give comfort during those times. I really do. So, all right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And, uh, Brother Harold, would you mind praying for us tonight uh, for these things?
Amen. All right. Um, let's take our Bibles, if you will, just for a few moments. I want to share two or two or three real quick thoughts, and then we will um, have the video, and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer together as a church. Second uh, Timothy chapter number one. Second Timothy chapter number one. In in talking, praying with some folks in the last week or so, um, I, I'm glad I'm saved, aren't you? I, I really am. And I hope we don't ever lose the joy of that, although I know that it happens to the best of folks. Um, and I think the things we're going to look at tonight indicate the fact that there there is that possibility. There's the possibility of losing some of the joy of our salvation and some of the desire of God working in us. Uh, I grew up in a pastor's home, and I know what it is to get to a place where you feel like, well, that's as far as I need to go, and you just kind of... Put your your Christian life on cruise control, so to speak, and you just kind of get by. And I've been there. I've been there numerous times over my life. And I hope and pray every time I get satisfied to where I'm at that I I'll be stirred again. Something will happen that will cause me to realize, boy, I need to pursue after this. And I, I really, in, in recent weeks, I've longed for the the Lord's power on our lives and on our ministry here. 
uh, to see God at work in unusual ways, um, in ways that the only way to explain it is God did it. Um, not things that we can explain by what our efforts were or the things that we do. And in Second Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy, he says in verse number 5, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith, and, and the idea of unfeigned means it's not fake, it's, this is real faith. Uh, he says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. And he speaks to the fact that Timothy has... Real faith, genuine faith. I want that to be said of my life. I don't want people to say, well, he just, he always talked about having faith, but he really didn't. You know, in practice, he didn't. I want there to be faith that people can see. Not so they can say, boy, what a great Christian he is, but I want them to see a great God that I serve. I want them to see God at work in our lives. I want, I want them to look at us and say, boy, there must be something to this thing of being a Christian. There must be something to the salvation that God gives. And he talks about this, and he says that it was also in his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice, and sometimes we need to be reminded that we are examples to, in our conduct, in our, our spiritual growth, we are examples to and encouragement to the generations behind us. Um, I'm concerned that my son see uh, not just somebody who gets up and preaches the Bible or reads the Bible, but somebody that, that God is working in his life. I want Jonathan to, to realize that God is real, that God will do things in his life. And um, it's very important that we keep that in our hearts. Sometimes we become an island unto ourselves when it comes to our spiritual life. And we feel like, boy, the only thing my spiritual life affects is me. But the truth is... It affects the generations coming up after you. We have some young people in the church, and it's not always been that way. We're thankful that God's brought some young people now into our church. And those young people are watching. And those young people are seeing our examples in, in the walk that we have with God. Are we, are we showing them a vibrant walk with God? Something that God is doing um, amazing things in our life. We're growing. We're hungering after the Bible. We're hungering after Him. And he says this in verse number 6, Wherefore, in other words, because of this, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. He tells Timothy, listen, there's something inside of you. And he, he tells Timothy, there's a time that you need to stir it up. I, I like this because I, I've, I've sat under some really good preaching in my lifetime and I've been in some preaching services. When I walked out the door, if somebody would have given me a squirt gun, I'd been ready to charge hell with it. I mean, I was ready to go. And I'm glad that God gives preachers that can stir us up and messages through His Word that can stir us up. And sometimes even music that we sing, we'll sing those songs and they'll stir our hearts. But the truth of the matter is, Paul doesn't tell Timothy to go find him a good preacher to stir him up. He doesn't say, go get you some good music and it'll stir you up. He says, Timothy, you need to stir up yourself with these things. You need to stir up the gift that is in you. You, Timothy, need to do this. And the way that he was going to have Timothy do this is by pointing him to the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything is about Him. Everything is about God. When it comes to our church services, we want to uplift God. When it comes to our Christian walk, we want to uplift God. Everything we do needs to be to glorify Him. Uh, I was listening to some preachers. In fact, I think it might be in this particular one this week that we're going to listen to. Uh, I think it was Brother Paulie who says, God doesn't share His glory. We're here to glorify Him, not ourselves. 
We're not here to do... So, so we do these things to keep pointing people to Him. He tells them in verse number 6, Stir up the gift of God which is in thee. And he says, listen, you need to take that which you already have and stir it up. That, that, that has an implication that comes with it. And that is the thing that is inside of us can have a tendency to dwindle out. Uh, we were over at the Pettibones the other night, and they light the fire, you know, the bonfire. And if you don't stir that thing, it'll, it'll go out, won't it? In fact, I heard Miss <laughs> Kathy ask Brother Tom, hey, they want to do some s'mores, can you go light it up again? And I thought, you know, that's a good, that's a good sermon illustration. Because sometimes our spiritual fire goes out, and we need to go light it again. We need to stir it up again. We need to put more logs on the fire. And uh, then I reminded of the psalmist in Psalm 51, where he says in verse number 12, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And if the psalmist needed the joy that God had given him through the salvation that he had given him, if the psalmist had needed it restored, that means it had become dilapidated. It had, it had kind of waned, hadn't it? It had kind of dwindled down and grown cold. In Revelation chapter 3, he tells the church at Laodicea, that they were lukewarm. Can I tell you this? We need, to, we need to, from time to time, have seasons. And this is what I believe we're really trying to accomplish in these next several weeks and Wednesday nights. We need to have seasons where we pour our hearts out to God and say, Lord, I need to be stirred again. I need to have my heart afresh and anew. I, I want to have more of a hunger and a thirst for Your Word. I want to have more of a hunger and a thirst to lift You up with my life and do all that I can. We call it revival. We call it the power of God. We use several terms for it. But the truth is we need to be stirred up in some ways. And uh, I want to share some videos. We'll share probably at least the next three or four Wednesday nights. So they're just short, little six-minute, seven-minute videos. Brother Paulie does. On things about revival that oftentimes we misunderstand. And I want us to watch it, and then when he's done, we'll go and break into our groups again. I think we'll do what we did last week. It worked well. We'll have the ladies come over here, and we'll have the men come over here, and you need to pray uh, as two or three of you if you want, or if you want to pray individually, that's fine. If you want to pray as a family, you're welcome to do that uh, as well. Uh, Jonathan, are we ready back there? We're going to try this. We had a lot, of, a lot of technology going on today. Are we ready back there? Okay, let's give it a try. We hear this word revival all of the time. Uh, you know, pray for revival. Lord, send revival. So I'm going to ask you this question. What is a good definition for the word revival? <laughs> Depends on who you ask, right? Um, you know, it's like a lot of other things. I think sometimes it's easier to define it first by what it's not. Because there's so many substitutes so many things get referred to as revival that really are not revival. For example, as an evangelist, I go into places and they say we're having a revival meeting. Well, we hope it's a revival meeting, but only God knows if it's a revival meeting or not. Um, I don't believe revival can be put in a box. I don't think you can say it's a week of meetings. Uh, I think sometimes one of the great dangers in revival work is people associate revival with a certain preacher or a certain personality, or even a certain preaching style. And I think that's dangerous um, because, look, God doesn't share His glory with anybody. 
So when we start thinking about revival in terms of a man, immediately we've dead-ended it. Because it's impossible to have a real move of the Holy Spirit if the Lord's not the one getting all the attention. So it's not a, it's not a meeting. It's not a feeling. It's not a good sermon. It's not a packed out uh, church house. And frankly, it's not even people getting saved. Uh, you know, judgment must begin at the house of God. And I think so often we, we conflate revival and evangelism like they're the same thing. They're not. Um, evangelism will grow out of revival. I, look, I'm convinced revived Christians witness. A revived church is going to have a passion for their community. But revival begins in God's people. And, uh, you know, if you tear the word apart, revive, it is literally life again. So the idea behind it is people who have known God's life-giving power now are in a, a fresh way experiencing and walking in that power again. Um, I think, you know, I've heard people talk about revival like it is some uh, mystical thing. And let me be clear, it's spiritual. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. But I would say revival is God's normal work. We don't see it all the time. But we treat revival like it's some foreign thing. I believe revival is the way we're supposed to live. It's the normal Christian life. It's the way a church ought to be. In other words, you don't want to have a revival meeting. You want a church in a revival state. I mean, read the book of Acts. They didn't just have a campaign. They had a move of the Holy Spirit. And um, when I go into places preaching and emphasizing revival, what I'm really praying for is not, dear Lord, give us a great meeting or give us a lot of decisions. But instead, Lord, bring us to the place where we're living the life you always intended for us to live. There is something better than a revival meeting. It's called a revived life. And that's what we're praying for. I mean, that's what I want for my own life. I'll tell you this little story that may, may put it in some perspective. I was preaching a meeting in South Florida a few years ago. And um, I was preaching through the little book of Haggai. I still remember that. And this kind Christian lady came out on Tuesday night, I think it was. And she was up in years, late 80s, I would say. Very distinguished. Well-dressed, very articulate. She had her Bible and her journal and her Bible study pens. I mean, she was, she was on it, you know. And she said to me, Preacher, I am praying for a Holy Ghost revival. And um, when she said it, immediately I responded, Amen. I'm, I'm praying for that too. It's funny how we use these terms, you know, without much thought. What does that mean? And she, she started to walk away. She turned right around and came right back to me. And she said, can I ask you a question? She said, what does that look like? And, you know, we preachers, we want to have an answer to everything, you know, a quick answer. And I opened my mouth to say something. I don't remember what I was going to say. It wasn't right, whatever it was. And the Holy Ghost checked me and said, you, you don't need to answer that question. You don't know how to answer that question. So here I am, an evangelist, preaching in a meeting called a Revival Meeting. Somebody asking me what a revival looks like. And suddenly I get under deep conviction that I don't know exactly how to answer that question. I went back to my hotel room that night. I'll never forget this. I was by myself. And I got down to pray before I went to bed. And while I was praying, not even about the meeting, I was just praying, talking to the Lord. The Holy Spirit brought that woman's question to my mind. And so I said to the Lord, Lord, you're going to have to tell me because I don't know. 
You know, I think so many times God sends questions our way not for us to give an answer, but for us to search our own hearts and then go to the only one who really has the answer. And while I was praying, I remember this. The Holy Spirit said to me, revival looks like Jesus. If you want to know what a Holy Ghost revival looks like, it looks like Jesus. Because that's why the Holy Spirit came. He came to lift up Christ. He came to conform us to the image of His Son. He came so that Christ would be formed in us. So when real revival comes, here's how you can know what it looks like. You know, it's hard to define it, but how do you describe it? Here's how you'll know if real revival comes. It doesn't mean you have a big crowd. The devil can get a crowd. It doesn't mean we have amazing singing. Good, you can have amazing singing. It can be entertainment. Uh, somebody said, man, that man preached the house down. Well, good, but when real revival comes, people talk less about the man and less about the message and more about Christ. So you'll know real revival has come when the Holy Spirit starts cutting out of us everything that doesn't look like Jesus and putting into us everything that does look like Jesus. And so it's my conviction that real revival is the Holy Spirit's work in the life of a believer to make us live in the power and reality of Jesus Christ.